Hey guys, it's Matt. This episode of Table 40 is presented by the Increase Discipleship Handbook. Have you got your copy yet? It's available at theincrease.com and is a great resource to help you along your faith journey. Pro athletes and others, including Leslie and I, are going through this handbook over the next few months. You can get your copy right now at theincrease.com. I know it'll help you in your spiritual journey. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Table 40 Podcast. Matt and Leslie Holiday here with you. Uh, this week, we continue to go through the Discipleship Handbook, and we are on week two, Made in God's Image. So we are excited to dive into what that looks like, and how are you today? I'm doing good. I could use a shower. Mm. and I We're could... doing video now. Yeah, which is it's tough. Tough. This is really how we live. Yeah. It's not fancy. It's not are fancy. we doing video? We're doing this, huh? I guess we are. Okay. So anyway, but we're we're very excited about week two, um, made in God's image. Last week we talked about a high view of God. Um, we talked about the fear of God, honoring God's leadership, acknowledging that God is the creator, the author and the perfecter of our faith, and the author of our story. Um, God is holy, unlike any other. And so it was just really cool to be able to sit and reflect and talk with you, Matt, about just how amazing, how amazing God is. And as we grow in our understanding and experience, I think with God as the leader of our life, the Lord of our life, um, we begin to trust his authority more and more, I I think. Yeah, I just think um, also that when you call me Matt, when we do these things, it feels funny because you typically don't call me Matt. I call you babe. So you you go formal on me and it feels funny. So just <laughs> I won't do that. FYI. <laughs> I won't do that anymore. I won't go formal. Very, any, uh, podcast any, co-host. Any longer. Feel. Will not happen again, babe. And so anyway, but I, I really did. I've really been thinking an awful lot about um, some of the things that we talked about last week, which is that uh, just this paradigm shift away from self-focus towards God-centered worship. And I was thinking that just about just the health of marriage and, and raising kids and how just so important that is to end marriages, to to just create a rhythm in a life um, within the walls of our home to where it really truly is like a God focused um, home and in marriage. And I think with our kids, too, it just really um helps them I think enjoy their friends more enjoy their sports more maybe see more purpose in school um and the things that they're involved in if they if they take the time to focus on on God and maybe pay attention to the gifts that God's giving them and passions that are developing in their lives and I don't know I just think it's a really fun way to experience marriage and the beauty and blessing of marriage but also just being a kid and trying to learn who you are maybe a little bit faster than than those that don't consider god right you do you agree with that yeah you just took a bunch all the you kept saying things that i was going to respond with well that's you just kept going and then i was like i'm gonna make this point and you said that point i was like okay then i can try this point and then you said that point and so i know you so well matt i know you so well i I think the (laughs) it's a it's a more i guess when it's when it's so much less self-centered and more others focused it's just so much a more enjoyable way to live and and i guess a more um you just 
when you take the focus off yourself, you just seem to, it seems to be a, a better way to live and a more, um, I think you just, it just feels more fulfilling. And I think that that's just all the things that you said, but when you look at God's design for our life, he did that for a reason. And I think that it's for our joy to live for others and to, um, to, to not be so self-centered and, yeah. I think that that's something that that uh, we can all apply in our lives. Yeah, and, and we need practice. We're not going to do it perfectly. We're going to ebb and flow, and and sometimes yeah, you get drag right. each other to. And sometimes you get it wrong, and when you that's get it right, right, you celebrate the victories. And when yeah. you get it wrong, yeah, you try to move on to the next and learn from it. That's right. That's right. And so, as much as we loved last week, obviously we really did. We're still talking about it. But this week we're going to talk. Um, and Matt's already announced this, or Babe's already announced this. Made into God's image. And this is one of my favorite chapters to to read and discuss and, and to, I guess, teach. And um, because I think that it's just so beautiful and being made in the image of God. Like, what does it mean to you when you hear that phrase, made in the image of God? Well, I think it makes me think about, um, I guess, going back to the Old Testament when we were created and that we were created in, in God's image. We were his prized creation. And when he talks about just like, I don't know, I guess just picturing Adam and Eve kind of living in the garden with God and, and just sort of this, I, I don't know, I, I guess when, when uh, I, I guess it just, it just makes me think about um, that God loves us. He created us in, in his image and then we screwed it up. But I, I just think that it's, uh, I don't know, I, I guess it's just, a it's, it, I don't know. I, I it's such a. Uh, I guess I think that we don't deserve. I don't know. I just feel like that that I'm not shouldn't be made in God's image. I don't know <laughs> that you shouldn't be made in God's image. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fascinating thing to think about that we're created with this capacity to know God and reflect God to the world. And I think a question that is easier to answer because it is hard to think about. Like when we think about Genesis one and two and. And just this, like the Trinity, like three in one. We talked about this last week too, is that God, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are one. And you think about them, like them talking with one another, saying like, look, let's create them in our image. And I do think that when we read through those first couple chapters in the Bible, it is an overwhelming like thing to process. But when we look at our friends, how do you notice your friends reflecting God? If, if we're created in, God's image, when we we're created with this capacity to know God and reflect God to the world, do you notice your friends reflecting God? Yeah, I mean, I think that we've talked about on the podcast, we've had a lot of the people that I admire and and people that have had an influence on my life. And you talk about Don Christensen, and you talk about Adam Wainwright, and you talk about um, Lance Berkman, and you talk about a lot of people that you get a chance to that to to know and and that really mentors or, or people you do life with or you know intimately like how well i know adam wainwright and just uh the way the holy spirit is impacting his life and out of that the way that uh he reflects god's image of just uh sharing the gospel in such a beautiful way and in such a um i guess an easy uh um just just such he has such a gift just using i guess watching your friends use the gifts that god's given them and they all are different we all have different gifts and so i think the one thing that that really 
uh, I, I love to notice in people, and, and we've talked about this, some people have the gift of, of sharing the gospel of the, of the, the verbal. Some people have a gift of servant serving. Like we talked about last night, we had a Bible study at our house and one of our good friends, she says, I can't, I can't preach like you, or I can't teach like you, but I can make food and I can serve these kids in a way, uh, by my gift of, of loving to serve and make food and, and, and use my God given gifts to, to give to the food to this group. And I'd love to do it. And so I, I don't know, I guess when you think about like people and, and made in God's image, to see them use their gifts that God has given them, uh, to me, that just screams like, okay, that's like the Holy Spirit has moved them and they're uh, growing and they're mature in their faith and they're uh, sharing the gospel in a great, you know, in such a cool manner and just trying to learn from your friends. So I don't know if that answers your question. It does answer my question. And I think like what I would say, because I something that I really want to focus on in in this particular podcast and in the podcast that we do throughout the discipleship handbook is marriage and in parenting. And and when I think about um, you reflecting God in our family, and if, if it means like created in the capacity to know God and reflect God to the world, one way that you've reflected God in our family is the way you lead our family. And I think that that's a, that's a beautiful thing. I'm not saying that you do it perfectly because of course you don't. And just like, I don't do things perfectly. But the, it is really neat that you strive to have fellowship with the Lord and then out of the peace that you have with God and the um, relationship with you have with God, you do lead our family well. And I think that you do a great job of acknowledging the differences in all of our kids and you enter spaces that they need. And so you discipline Jackson differently than Ethan, differently than Grayson, differently than Reed. And you have a different bond with all four kids because you're wise enough to pay attention to the things that they love and the things that um, motivate them. And I think you do such a good job reflecting a loving father in our home. And I just want to challenge um, dads out there and husbands out there to really pay attention to the kids that God's entrusted you with and, and understand like um, in coaching, I mean, if there's athletes listening to this or, or men that have played sports over your lifetime, like certain, I mean, good coaches know how to, coach differently with the players that they've been given not every single man on the team or child on the team is going to receive information the same way and the same is true in your home and I think that you do a really good job of that in acknowledging the personalities and the different personalities that live here <laughs> and so because all four of them do have, and we have lots of other yeah and we have lots of personalities that live here and so but you do a really good job of creating a safe stable place for our family. And I think that that reflects God because God, when once we get to know him is the source of stability and security and safety and enjoys and delights in his creation, which is us and our different personalities and different interests and ways that we reflect them. And so I think that that's an example. And, and anyway, we can move on. I want to think about individual gifts and different personalities and creativity, different stories, different parts of, of the country. Let's talk about that a little bit. Like your experience in professional baseball. Um, I just love diversity. And that was the, that was what I missed the most whenever we were out of, of the game. It's just the, just the consistent exposure to the world within the walls of your locker room. And for me in the stands or in the family room, with the different wives. And um, I think that 
when we start to pay attention to the world in that way, we can really see the goodness of God and the reflection of his creativity in the lives of our brothers and sisters from different parts of, of the world. Yeah, I mean, I think that when we talk about the the diversity anywhere, really, I mean, in workplace and sport team and um, just, I, I guess, even, you know, talking about even some of the things that we were talking about last night, where you're not always going to find, you're not going to like everybody, you're not going to be your favorites, but there's going to be redeeming qualities and God made, you know, all of us in his image. And so uh, I always enjoyed, uh, you know, on the team trying to get to know everybody and and not enjoy, sort of just locking in on the easy uh, part of finding the two or three guys that you really identify with that have similar backgrounds that are similar place in their lives, similar age, and just sort of spending all your time in your comfort zone right there. But really, I, I, you know, it, it helps in, in creating a, a team environment that's trying to win. But it also is, I think it's just that much more interesting and joyful to get to know all your teammates or friends and try to learn more about them and what makes them, you know, their life. And, and everybody has a story like we've talked about in the past and how God may have impacted their life and, um, you know, what their world looks like. And, and, and I think that, again, going back to getting off yourself and like really trying to get to know people and, and hear more about their story and, um, like you said, it, it's 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 fun when you're playing pro sports because there are so many you run into so many different kind of backgrounds and and life stories and and different places and um, so it is interesting to think about when you talk about um, being made in the image of God what that looks like if if you just really get worldly with it if you don't think about like everybody in Stillwater Oklahoma like mm-hmm. you know just sort of this uh, town in the middle of America like when you start getting global with um all the different people and all the different cultures and languages and and mountains and oceans and and just i don't know i sometimes it's great to get outside and just of your bubble and kind of go and experience all these different things and think about how god created all those things yeah how creative god is like different eye color and skin color and hair color and texture and you know like you said personality and language and likes and interest i mean like it's just mind-blowing how creative our lord is and how sometimes when we um how close-minded we can be as as the creation where we can't acknowledge the beauty of what god has done and he says he knows how many hairs on each of our heads yes, which yes. aren't many for me but he has <laughs> it's easier to remember mine than some <laughs> but it is amazing that he knows when you start thinking about all the people in this world that yeah he knows us intimately enough to say i know how many hairs are on your head mm-hmm. 12 or what was <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing okay one of my favorite parts that um about this particular study is when when you move on to the end and so when you get to this chapter i think you're really going to love it in your in your personal time of study and again i i know we mentioned this um over and over in the last in the last podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and mention it again. You can get your discipleship handbook at theincrease.com, and there's a digital copy, but there's also a paper copy. I'm a paper copy kind of gal. I like to make notes, I like to feel things. I, I there, that's just how I am. But um, you can get your paper copy, and and again, we're in chapter two, made in God's image, 
and there's it's just it's just wonderful the way that it's laid out is there's this kind of this definition of the imago day which means the image of god and we go over genesis one and two and it's this time before sin entered entered our space um of course we're all very familiar with that we live in a genesis 3 world if you've been involved in church you've heard that before if you haven't you know that because you've experienced it but genesis 1 and 2 paints this beautiful picture what you were talking about earlier babe about um just this wonderful fellowship between our creator and humanity and and it is really neat to reflect on the truth in genesis 1 and 2 it makes you understand that the heart and the character of god is truly just fellowship with with his creation and giving his creation um free reign to to work and reign with him and have dominion over over all things and so it really is fun to take the time to read through genesis 1 and 2 and then there's a section that talks uh, there's a fill in the blank section and it's genesis uh, 2 7 and it says then the lord formed man out of dust from the ground and I don't have it in front of me, but I assume it says, and breathe in breath, the breath of life. It's talking about the breath of life. I didn't look it up. I probably should have. That's terrible podcast hosting, but I, I know where, where she's going with it. I know Genesis 2, 7 basically says that, that God breathed life into man. And when this we think about this is, this is, yeah, where I should have filled it out, <laughs> but it's talking about like, um, it's God's breath, God's own energy and life that gave Adam life. God, and she goes on to say that God breathed life and spirit into Adam through his spirit in the spirit who is the breath of God and gives life to all things. And so when you think about it that way, how does it make you feel that like the breath of God is what the power of God, God's um, like God's a reason that we have breath. And I think sometimes we just lose. We just don't think about it the way that we should. Like, I think that we, I, I think that we underestimate the power of God in the day in and day out living because we just get so busy living that we don't take a minute and realize that God, like he, he gave me life and he gave me breath. And why don't I think about that more? Well, I think because of Genesis three, I mean, I think that it became so much about us that we are only worried about our day, our circumstances. And I think for me, it, it makes me think about and long for the day when it's redeemed and God comes back around and sort of we're brought back into perfect fellowship with God when he comes back for the final time and um, things are restored or order, the world is restored back to the way it was, the way it was originated. And so I guess you know, it makes me think about that when you talk about how he made us in his image perfectly in the garden and that someday it's going to be restored and we'll be back to that um, relationship. And so I, I think that, that, you know, we all can do a better job of, of really like appreciating the gift of breath, the gift of life, the gift of a day, the gift of a, a normal mundane day is a is a gift mm -hmm. and i think that sometimes we are so looking for the next i guess maybe big moment in our life or mountaintop experience or that we lose sight of of a of a day where we can just enjoy a mundane day um so i don't know that's kind of how i think about it 
this is off subject, but I, as you were talking, what do you know your best day ever? Did you ever have a day where you were like, okay, this is my best day ever? Um, probably our wedding day. Oh, really? Wow. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> you weren't going to say that. It was a good day. Our wedding day was a good day. I have a lot of good days. I, I mean, a lot too. of days where you're like, oh, that was a good day. That was a fun day. Yeah. But I mean, the mountaintop experiences of having the kids and, you know, those are, those are, those are really cool days. Really cool days. Really cool days. All right. So this reflection question on the end of page eight, I do want to talk about that. It says, how do you see the experience of the image of God in yourself and others and the reality that we were more than just physical beings? So he's asking, like the question that she's asking is that we're, do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about the fact that we're more than just physical beings, that there's a spiritual side of us that, that we need to acknowledge? Yeah. I mean, I, <clears throat> I think as a Christian, it's, if you're not daily thinking about serving the Lord, if you're not daily thinking about, um, I guess, honoring God or, or being in a, living a life that glorifies him or in a conversation or, um relationship or a sharing the gospel or um you know just with the people you come in contact with i think that that's something we can all strive to, to be better at but yeah i mean i think that that's something that um we should be thinking about is, is keeping our eyes fixed on on god and what's what's eternal in the, in the life here and what matters eternally it's like we talked about the other day the you know the things that aren't eternal are like a vapor mm -hmm. you know they 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 don't matter and i think the world tells you they do matter and that a lot of the material things in this world do matter but at the end of the day solomon tells us they don't matter smoke yeah and so i i don't know i, I guess when we talked about that it really i started thinking about it too like it is smoke it is all going to rot like even the coolest things you think you see right now material things they're one day they're going to be crappy and so i don't know it's like even if you drive down a street like in this town i grew up in this town and you drive down a street where it used to be a nice street and the homes were really nice and new and pretty and you drive down now 30 years ago 30 years later and they're broken down and the the paints wore off and the trees are not as pretty and the you know, they, that's not, that's not the nice place to live now because those houses are 30 years old and they've decayed and they're, they're not the best street. It's not the most beautiful homes anymore. So I don't know. It just had me thinking about like, it's all like, it's all dying. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you think about eternity and you think about relationships and, 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 you know, putting your, your thoughts on heaven instead of now i'm thinking, trying to think of the word but i'm not it's not coming to me but um i don't know i was just thinking about that yeah and i think too like when we focus and we have that that mindset that yeah we're physical and and um no doubt about it like like we have flesh but we also are very much spiritual and um every single person that we come into contact with has um has a destination beyond death and i think that that does change the way that we live life and it changes uh, where we place 
our treasure and our focus. Treasure, that's oh, treasure. Oh, good. And and I think like again, like when you look at marriage and you look at parenting and you have this this thought of being created in the image of God and that we are very very much a that our our spirit matters and our we will spend an eternity somewhere. I do think that it does change the way um, you engage with within the walls of your home. I think it changes the things that you teach to your kids, especially like our oldest son is out on his own now and and he's playing professional baseball. And I do think that this type of of living changes the narrative that we have in our home with Jackson. It's like every single teammate that that you come into contact with try very hard to value their life. Try very hard to see the worth um, in the man that they're becoming. Like, like pay attention to the men that God's entrusted you with during this particular season. And I think that that's something that we try to teach our sons that are that are playing sports. And of course, our daughter, as well as she goes and does the things that she's passionate about. But I think it's really important to teach our kids at a very young age that every person has value and every person will spend eternity somewhere. And what can you do to be a catalyst for eternity in heaven with Jesus? Like, can you value that person enough to where um, they start to they start to have questions about Jesus based on how you treat them? And I think that, you know, those are just very basic teachings that we can, we can teach our kids. And I think that um, some of the proudest things I've heard over the course of Jackson and Ethan's little baseball careers, even though they're very young right now, I really am most proud when people come up to me and say that, that, that our boys treated their boys with respect and that to me is a huge win as far as a parent goes. We are not, we are not perfect parents by any stretch of the imagination. Um, we struggle uh, oftentimes. We think that we're terrible. <laughs> we, we think parenting's hard. Parenting's really, really hard. But I do think one of the non-negotiables in our home is every person that you come into contact with understand that they're an image bearer. They're felt the fellow image bearer, and they they deserve to be treated with honor and respect and value their life. And I, I think that if we can teach our kids that, um, Jesus is going to be clearly seen in their lives. But it's uh, very difficult to see Jesus if you don't value the the people that are that you've been entrusted with in, in, in your circle. Would you agree? I mean, mm-hmm. I think that that's just so important to value um, a man and woman that is in your circle of influence yeah and i think it comes across as genuine like genuine like this is representing what jesus is yeah you know as as opposed to sort of the the talk and the and having all of your outwardly talk and and everything is buttoned up but you really can only have an impact on people with genuine the way you treat people no doubt about it and i think that sometimes christians get a you know people push back against christianity because people that claim to be christians are unloving they don't see the heart of jesus they see uh, a lot of uh fake or facade or um spitting information yeah Yeah. but, but not the way that jesus really loved people like the way that he really treated people like and so i think that that's it's such an impactful witness when you find people that literally treat people the right way and are genuine and 
and transparent and admit their faults and literally you know do their best we're not perfect like there's we have all bad bad days where we could it would probably look like that's us mm -hmm. um but i think genuinely or, or majority of the time if we're we're aspiring to to love people uh, i think people see that as something that's appealing and genuine and i think that's important yeah and as we study the image of god of course we get into genesis 3 and we've talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the podcast and and this chapter talks about genesis 3 and um and we learn in Genesis 3 that the chapters 1 and 2 is this beautiful picture of being created in the image of God. And then in Genesis 3, um, Adam and Eve are deceived by Satan and that image of God is fractured. And we live in that space. And so that space is very familiar to us that, that we understand what it feels like to live in a place of brokenness, in a place that's been um, impacted so, so much by sin and, um, and how difficult it is to see clearly what um, God intended when he created humanity. And one of the reflection questions on here is how do you see and experience your spiritual, moral, and creative capacities no longer working in perfect harmony with God, others, and creation? And I think that that's, that's very easy to relate to. We see it all the time. And even in ourselves and in our, um, our place of absolutely pure intentions there's there's many times that that we screw up and and we are unable to um love people or represent christ the way that we want to represent christ and that's the beautiful thing about the grace of god and the beautiful thing about in a marriage where we can hold each other and accountable. you always have the opportunity as a christian to admit absolutely. that you screwed it up absolutely and people i think appreciate that when you're when you're willing to say look i I jacked that up or, you know, I, I treated you in this way and I'm sorry. Like, I, I just think people in, and in, in general, like if you're willing to admit your mistakes and you're you know, honest about what you did or, you know, that you jacked it up. I mean, I think people say, yeah, I mean, I know we all do, mm -hmm. but I think that that's, that's important that you have an opportunity to always say, look, I, I was a jerk. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And I think that that's great in marriage. Like, I think, again, like if we're going to focus on marriage and, and and let that be something that's a, a narrative throughout these these podcasts is is in a marriage, there has to be um, there has to be grace um, um, amongst a husband and wife to say, look, I'm not going to do this perfectly because I'm not able to purely reflect the image of God. I'm not able to do this perfectly. And so there needs to be accountability and there also needs to be grace. And, and that would be something that, in my opinion, is a really good recipe for a great marriage is to understand that. Yeah, let's not let, let him, let's not, I don't want Matt because I care about my spiritual formation and I care about becoming more like Christ in my life. I don't want Matt to overlook sin in my life. I, I want you to be able to hold me accountable to the things that I say that I want. And so I, if I want my actions and my words to align and I want to become more like Christ, hard conversations have to happen in this home to where he holds me accountable to, to become the woman that I am striving to become. And the same is true um, with me and you. And I think, but also having grace in those spaces to where I'm failing um, is, is so valuable. And I mean, scripture talks about that, like, like it's it's God's goodness and His gentleness and His um, that brings us to repentance and it's it's His graciousness and His 
unbelievable love for us that causes us to repent and want to become more like him. It's not this heavy handedness that, that draws us into the Lord. It's, it's his goodness and, um, and peace and all of these wonderful things that, that draw us to become more like Christ and draw us to obedience. You know what I'm saying? And, and I just think that that is so true in a marriage is that we aren't, again, we're not going to image God perfectly. We, we live in a Genesis three place, but we can strive to be um, more like Christ, but grace is, will be required in our journey. Yeah. And I think it's, it's all I like to talk about. Like a lot of it is like how you say, how you talk to each other. Yeah. You can, you can say the same thing with two different tones and elicit two different total responses mm -hmm. by saying the same thing. Yeah. And so I think that that's something in marriage when we talk about like things that we've learned over the years is you can help your partner, your husband or wife, you know, when we're talking about like this, but a lot of it is, is how you talk to them about it or tell them or try to, because we easily get defensive when it's said certain ways or, you know, I don't know. I just think that, that the tone and, and the way that in which you, you uh, try to hold each other accountable for what you say you want, I think is also important. Yeah. And, and, and this chapter is really good. And, and for the sake of time, we won't go through all of it, but, but Natalie, the author does an amazing job of talking Genesis one and two and Genesis three and in the fracture of, of the image bearer. And of course that's talking about sin and then the image restored. And um, on page 10, she goes on to explain in detail about the, the image of God restored and I highly encourage you to read that and study that and pray um, through that because I, th I think that it is very foundational. Like we talked about earlier, this, this discipleship handbook is, is just beautiful because it is essentials of our faith. And oftentimes there's confusion about, um, about being a Christian. Like we say we pledge our allegiance to Jesus, but sometimes we don't really know what that means. And, and we want to be um, a, a community of people that... Um, leads with like i mean knowledge and 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 faith in god and i think that um, versus faith and in, in self and so sometimes we have to do this work to understand what are the essentials of the faith and um and understanding that we are all image bearers created in the image of god is absolutely one of the non-negotiables that that we need to uh work through and and learn about um genesis one through three is very foundational to the Christian faith and something that we should be very familiar with. Um, if, if we call ourselves <laughs> Christians, um, I think it helps clarify the rest of scripture to be completely honest with you. And so at, at the end, this is something that I want to start doing as we go through this is just kind of highlighting these key points in this chapter. Uh, high, point number one is every person is made in the image of God. This means that we are spiritual beings made to know God and clearly reflect him like a mirror out into the world. I think that we've talked about that over the course of this podcast, Matt. I think that we understand that we are made in the image of God. We understand that we're spiritual beings. We understand that the people that we come into contact are also made in the image of God. Um, we understand that they are spiritual beings um, destined for a destination um, that that um, should matter to you. And so I, I think that that's very important to consider. I think that um, we're made to know God and clearly reflect him like a mirror out into the world. I think that that's an intimidating statement, but a statement that should um, challenge us, 
to know more about God, um, to know God to where we can reflect him clearly. And I think that that's a, the life mission of a Christian. And we need to understand that there's accountability for that um, mission, but there's also grace there. And so I, I think that as a, as a Christian woman, I really do strive to reflect God um, like a mirror out into the world. But I do know that I'm never going to be able to accomplish that without an accountability partner, which is my husband. And I'm never going to be able to um, accomplish that without the amazing grace of the Lord. Um, key point number two, because Adam and Eve were deceived by Satan and ultimately chose to disobey God, all of creation was set on a course of brokenness and sin. Just as a mirror is cracked after a blow from a hammer, the image of God in them was broken. And I think that all of us understand that that is true. We've experienced that there hasn't, there's not anybody that um, is alive that hasn't been impacted by sin. Um, so I think that we can all <laughs> know that this is true, that the image of God um, is broken because of sin. As a result of the broken image of God, our spiritual and moral capacities no longer work in harmony with God. And we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts. So talk about that a little bit, Matt. You've talked about that before, just at the dinner table, about the God-shaped hole in our hearts. And so I would love it if you could speak on that for just a little bit. Well, I mean, I think that when you talk about, <clears throat> when you talk about, particularly in sports, just because that's, you know, the arena that I've, I've sort of had the most training, field training in, if you will. Um, I think when you talk about people like Tom Brady and you talk about Michael Jordan, you talk about some of the greatest um, athletes of all time, and they have this this aspiration to win championships, and they do, and then they, the next thing, it's always um, they they have this uh, hole in their heart for something amazing and and for meaning and purpose in life, and and they sort of put all their you know their hopes of, of filling that into these you know winning championships or being the greatest player and then when they get it and it's unfulfilling then it's on to the next championship or or and this isn't i don't know where they are spiritually i'm just saying in general that there's a lot of this sort of athlete pursuing uh championships to fulfill this this emptiness or this hole or this uh meaning that they need in their life and and and, and they get it mm -hmm. and they get it again and they say, well, if I get it another time and, and each time that they get it, the next day they wake up with this uh, unsatisfied feeling. And I think that that to me was such a clear picture when God talks about that whole and purpose in your heart that's God shaped, that's God only satisfied by God is, is a pretty clear picture of when we're chasing um, like like Solomon, like when you're chasing wealth or you're chasing uh success or you're chasing a new car or a new house or um a new business or and and when you get it you think that that's what will make you happy or make you fulfilled and then you get it and it's wildly unfulfilling yeah and i think that that's that's like to me like when you talk about that i think that's that's the picture that i think of yeah and in ecclesiastes to go back to what you're referencing is in ecclesiastes and that eternity is is hardwired in all of our hearts. And um, side note, I think that that's why you should be confident to talk to people about Jesus, um, because eternity is hardwired in all of our hearts. And um, we do have this desire uh, to spend 
<laughs> to understand and, and know, I guess, a desire to, uh, to spend eternity with the Lord. And um, I, I do think that I, I love what you said about we all have this God-shaped hole in our hearts. And I love how you describe that. Um, so I'm glad you did. But before sin, the last key point on here is before sin entered the world, God had a rescue plan to bring us back into relationship with himself and to mend us and to mend in us the broken image of God. To mend in us the broken <laughs> image of God. Easy for me to say, but that's totally what it says. But I think that um, that's a very, very, very important thing for, for you all to read and study um, is that this is absolutely true. Jesus wasn't at uh, whoops, like Satan did this thing and I've got to figure it out. Like, no, it, like from the very, very, very beginning, um, God had a rescue plan and it was Jesus and, and, uh, Jesus is, is evident in the very beginning and evident throughout scripture, um, as, as our savior. And so I love the, I love the Bible and I love, um, Genesis one through three. I, I truly want to challenge you all to spend time reading and studying Genesis one through three, because I do think if you can start to wrap your mind around um, the goodness of God and, and the Genesis one and two and, and what God created and how God created things good. And, and that there was this beautiful fellowship between God and man and, and, and just the beauty of creation and the creativity of our God and and there's just so many awesome things to read in Genesis one and two. And then we see in Genesis three, where, where the fracture happened and we understand what it's like to be on a Genesis, to live in a Genesis three world. But I think it's just awesome to know that um, even on the worst day of humanity, God had a plan to rescue us and redeem us and restore us back to, um, back to being like pure image bearers. And, and I, I think that what a good father would do. And I'm super grateful that you and I in our marriage um, agree on these things and, and we can hold each other accountable and, and strive uh, in the holiday house to be, an, be a man and a woman and a couple that, that try our very best through the amazing grace and goodness of the Lord to image, be image bearers that represent Jesus to the best of our abilities. And it's something that we care very much about teaching our kids. So is there anything else you would add? I think they've probably heard enough of us. Probably, Matt. Probably. All right. We're looking forward to being with you next week and talking about chapter three, knowing the heart of God. And um, I hope this has encouraged you. And again, um, you can get your hard copy or digital copy on theincrease.com. It's called the Discipleship Handbook. And we're excited um, to listen today. All right. Peace. Good night. All right. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Table 40. You can find our podcast everywhere podcasts are found and at thesportspectrum.com. And if you're looking for a great resource, check out the Sports Spectrum magazine and order your copy today. The magazine has wonderful stories on sports and faith, and it's a perfect gift for kids and a sports fan who loves Jesus. Subscribe today to sportspectrum.com. And thanks again for checking out our show, and we will see you next time here on Table 40. 